largely middle-class white America in my cookie-cutter development, you wouldn't even know if you went outside what was going on in this country right now. We take runs, we play soccer in the park, while major cities are on fire around the country. I've been wrong in the past when I've tried on this podcast to predict what's going to happen. But I have a feeling. I have a feeling about what's going on, and that is that it feels a lot like the Arab Spring of 2011. That great uprising championing democracy that the United States supposedly supported, when really it was a threat to the dictatorships propped up by the U.S. that pacified those populations and kept them from achieving true democracy. America always says it exports democracy, but really it suffocates it. Abroad, and now more than ever, here at home. And it's no surprise that those uprisings in Egypt and Bahrain and Syria ultimately went the way of the fascist iron fist. We know what happened in Egypt. We know what happened in Bahrain, even though nobody talks about it. Even though the fledgling governments that took over were labeled Islamist and jihadist by Western media and their corporate overlords. When in fact, they were people, just like the people you see on your TV screens right now, who are just fucking fed up. I guess the analogy I'm trying to make is, the only way I see this going, because this is the way things go is that when people come together in large numbers, which is the only strength they really have in the face of the military-industrial complex, they're met with such force by that complex. And they have basically two options. One is to retreat and resume their lives of quiet desperation, and in some cases, loud desperation. And the other option is to swell in number, to regroup and fight back with whatever they have. That option, if taken, will no doubt lead to dead bodies in the street, and we're seeing it already. It's tear gas and rubber bullets, but soon it'll be live rounds. Soon it'll be fully militarized police and riot gear, greater than the degree we're seeing right now, although it's definitely already started, even here in my little idyllic central PA town of Lancaster. There'll be tanks and Humvees and vehicles and weapons of mass destruction, No longer tools of peacekeeping, but weapons of war, taking out American citizens. There's precedent for it. This government has killed American citizens with impunity in the past, and there's nothing to stop them from doing it now. They have the pretext. They have enough of a scrim of lies that they're happily feeding to mainstream media sources, who, even in the face of old hypocrisy, it's the same thing over and over again. We can do it to you, but you can't do it to us. And in this case, the iteration is, we are wearing uniforms that say P-O-L-I-C-E. You don't even know where we come from with these anonymous uniforms, state police, National Guard. But these uniforms hide our features. We have riot gear and shields and stun guns that we're using to drag civilians out of their cars and arrest them on the street now. So you don't know who we are, and we can do whatever we want to do because of these uniforms. We're on the side of the elite and powerful, the wealthy, of people who want to protect their property. And that's always been paramount in this country. Protection of property. It's what the fucking Constitution was built to protect. It was a rich man's document built to protect rich men's property and power. And enough pretending it's not. And enough dancing around it. Any threat to that over the course of the last three or four hundred years in this country has been put down with brutal violence. 
to start with Bacon's Rebellion in 1676. Nathaniel Bacon was no hero. He was racist and greedy, but he felt that he was being denied his rights. And so he stood up to Governor Berkeley and the VA House of Burgesses, and he said, you're protecting your own interests and throwing us to the wolves. In this case, the wolves were the Indians native to the land he was living on. And there were enough people who supported him, including people of color, that they posed a real threat to Berkeley and the House of Burgesses. And they said, we can't have this. We can't have this group of people threaten our seat of power. And so they created laws to ensure that it wouldn't happen again, essentially setting the legal stage for black chattel slavery in this country. That was 1676. It's the same in 2020. There are black people, brown people, and white people out in the streets because they have the same interests and suffer the same injustice and economic hardships. They don't have jobs to provide them a working wage. They don't have health insurance. This pandemic has wiped out industries, wiped out jobs. People are being used to serve the needs of the rich and powerful. They've been tossed out there into the meatpacking plants, to the Amazon warehouses to provide for the elite. They themselves have no protection whatsoever. And this country has done nothing for them to ensure that they're protected. It's a joke. There's no leadership in this country. There is a huge, gaping vacuum that is filled only with utter nonsense. People are dying in the streets now, and the man-child in the White House is whining about Twitter. It is a fucking joke. But you already know that. Everybody knows it. Even if you disagree with my characterization of it, you still know it. Deep in your heart, you know that whining about Twitter and taking pot shots at other politicians and making vague, poorly veiled threats about killing civilians while tens of thousands are dying in the streets is ridiculous. It's obscene. You know it. Which is why you're so defensive. Which is why you get so angry and lash out. Which is why you attack people on social media. Which is why you go to state houses with your open carry weapons. Because you know your position is indefensible. And because you're scared. You're scared that you've been found out. The police are colluding with white supremacists right now. They're inciting violence right now. They're instigating violence right now. There are people on the streets of my city wearing camouflage and black pants who are fomenting violence, who are telling people to go and harm other human beings and do damage to buildings. This is to provide cover for their bullshit stories. To create what the PR-savvy Israelis call facts on the ground. Creating reality. Manufacturing consent. Smashing windows and blaming black people. That subterfuge, that level of deception, in order to protect an indefensible position. People are not that stupid. They see it, and they're calling you out. The videos are everywhere. We know what's happening. We know that you're killing us. We know you're dragging people out of their cars and tasing them and shoving old people down into the ground. We know you're way out of your jurisdiction. We know you're overstepping the bounds of power that you've been imbued with. We know. We know you're doing it, and because we know it, you know we know it, and therefore it's only a matter of days or hours until you start using live rounds on us. Just a matter of time before law enforcement, in whatever form it comes, starts shooting civilians like they did at Kent State 50 years ago. It's only a matter of days before tanks come rolling down the major thoroughfares of urban centers in this country. You have the technology and the firepower. What's to stop you from using it? You see people in the street are not backing down. They're standing there and they're saying, we're not moving. We're not going home at your arbitrary curfew hour. 
We know you're lying. We know who you're protecting. We know that protect and serve does not mean us. The Los Angeles protesters, as soon as they got within shouting distance of Beverly Hills, cops went for the jugular. Protect those rich white people and their property. That's who you protect and serve because it's obvious. Because you're on film, you have to ratchet it up. The powers that be will come down hard on civilians soon. It's going to be very ugly. It already is. The mainstream news will never report that. We need civilian journalists out risking their lives to show you what's really happening in this country. So we look at the historical precedents. They all lead in the same direction. You know how Tiananmen Square ended. We know how Tahrir Square ended. You probably don't know about Bahrain. That's a story they want to keep from you. Tiny group of younger people attempting to wrest democracy from the jaws of fascism. And they were put down, put down hard by Syrians using American weapons. That story, you don't hear that story that much, but it happened. Indonesia, 1991, same deal. Every single goddamn day in Palestine, same story. Finally, Americans, ever late to the game, having finally woken up from their ESPN and pork rind-induced comas, have figured out that the government is not on their side. That industrial capitalism, lo and behold, is not rooting for them. And they're like, fuck, we've been duped. It took us a long time to figure it out, but now it's our time. Now it's time for our Tahrir Square, our march to the Winter Palace. You know how these stories end. And unless the riot police turn themselves around and join the protesters, it ends in blood, fascism, and authoritarianism. It ends in crushed skulls. It ends in innocent lives being destroyed. We see a little bit of it. A little bit of it in New Jersey last night. It needs to happen more. I've also heard a couple more examples in Youngstown, Ohio and elsewhere. Police joining the protests. San Jose, I think, was another. Stop hitting innocent people in the head with your state-issued sticks. You have something to benefit from this, too. You know that institutionalized racism runs rampant through your workplace. You know it. You don't need me to tell you. You know what it looks like. A blue wall of silence. You know that your brothers and sisters who fell on September 11th or got sick from exposure down in Ground Zero were left to rot by the U.S. government? They got fucking nothing as they died of cancer. You know that. You know the people who came back from wars are left to rot in squalid military hospitals? You know they kill themselves at astronomical rates? You know there's no healthcare system in this country to take care of people who suffer from PTS from being in combat? You, police officers, suffer every single day. You have stress from trauma all the time. No one cares. I know that you're largely afraid that when you see large crowds of people and we're chanting things like fuck the police and kill the police and stirs fear in you. If you didn't, you wouldn't be human. So the thing to do is drop your weapons. Join in. That's all we want. Join in. Can you imagine what would happen if you joined in? Who are you serving? Who are you protecting? Who do you care about? Do you care about your family? People you know and love who are sick or died from corona? How about your relatives who return from foreign wars, completely shattered human beings, unrecognizable? Do you like violence? Are you really members of the KKK, as people seem to accuse you of being? I don't think you are. I think you're human beings who go to work every single day, especially now risking your life every single day. And you deserve respect, dignity, and honor. So when you get in that line and you start advancing like an army, what do you see? What are you advancing on? Do you see an enemy? Or do you see you? Do you see darker skin as a threat to your safety? Ask yourself that question. Who are you advancing on? Who are you shooting with now rubber soon to be live rounds? Who are you screaming at? Who are you shoving to the ground? It's you. Think about it. You want the same things. You suffer from the same pain and indignities. We're not criminals. That's a lie you can unbelieve. It's time to join in. 
It's time to just turn around. It's time to turn around. 